In 1858, outside Boston, a bat and ball game was created, which came to be known as the Massachusetts game or town ball. It's not the New York game most people know, with a diamond field and three bases. Rather, in this game, there was only one out per inning. The infield was a square, and there wasn't even a foul territory. There were plenty of reasons why the New York game won out over the Massachusetts game as our national pastime. Most notably, the geometry of the New York game made it both aesthetically pleasing and playable. But the geometry of the Massachusetts game was awkward and off kilter. Many who have played both styles, however, recognize that there are some aspects of the 1858 game that make it preferable to the New York version. What if there was a game that had the geometric appeal and playability of the New York version and the unorthodox aspects of the popular Massachusetts game? 21st Century Town Ball is an attempt to be just that. With a couple tweaks added in 2012, like a physical strike zone, five total bases, stealing first base, and the ball always being live, the goal of 21st Century Town Ball has been, and always will be, to forestall the growing exodus from bat and ball. Let's bring people back to the game. Welcome to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Moore, and today's episode is very special to me personally because you get to hear from three of some of my closest friends during my college years who eventually got roped into Town Ball. We all went through the same classes together, ate meals together, we all went to the same church. I was even roommates with one of them for a semester. And these three gentlemen are Brent Townley, Zach Buckles, and Rylan Schubkegel. I'll start talking about Brent since he was the first of the three to get on the town ball train. I've wanted to do that my whole life. Brent and I were acquainted at some point in my sophomore year, but our friendship didn't really blossom until the summer of 2019, which was the very same summer that I fell in love with town ball. Brent was the very first friend I remember introducing to town ball, and he got the hang of it pretty quick. Since then, Brent has become a school teacher and just recently relocated back to Newburgh from central Washington. And I, let me tell you, the Newburgh Town Ball constituency is happy to have him back. Last year, I had the immense privilege of being one of his groomsmen at his wedding. He truly is a dear friend. Brent is an absolute bookworm and quite the obscure music aficionado, so if you're looking for someone to nerd out with over Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive, or if you want to know what artists to check out before they get mainstream in two years, then he's your guy. Number two friend on the podcast is Zach Buckles. Of these three on today's episode, he's the one I've known the longest. When I started my freshman orientation at George Fox University in the fall of 2017, he was my assigned peer advisor, or PA. Every freshman had a PA to be there as a resource, guide, and or mentor for all the hurdles that can come during one's freshman year. And Zach and I hit it off pretty quickly. He got his undergrad at the end of that year, and then right after that, he jumped into a five-year-long psychology doctoral program at George Fox. So it was like he never really left. Our friendship continued over the rest of my undergrad years, and he has been an excellent thought partner, 
conversationalist and friend. Just like Brent, he recently relocated back to Newburgh from a short stint in Washington to finish his degree. If you're ever down to talk about the Seattle Mariners or cognitive behavioral therapy, Zach is the man. Last but not least is my good friend Rylan Schubkegel. Rylan came to George Fox a little after I did due to some health issues, but we very quickly became acquainted. We spent a lot of time together the following semester when we were in the same computer science class. Rylan is a very talented individual when it comes to coding, art sketches, sports, music, you name it. One very important thing that you ought to know about Rylan is he is the one who designed what is now our logo, the very same one that you see on this podcast right now. He also has helped us with some administrative activities pertaining to Tomball's website, for example. He is a full-time software developer, and he's hoping to introduce Townball to his friends back in northern Washington soon. Brent, Zach, and Rylan all grew up in the greater Puget Sound area in Washington State, and they are all Seattle Mariners fans, so you'll get an impression of that here and there across the episode. What's unique about Brent, Zach, and Rylan is that they were some of, if not the, first people recruited into Townball beyond Jones's endeavors at Veritas School. And they are part of the reason why this chapter of the podcast is called the Newburgh Era, because this marks the time when, in Newburgh, Townball expanded beyond a K-12 environment to the surrounding community. These three men mean a lot to me beyond anything related to Townball, so sharing Townball with them has been such a joy, and it's a great point of connection between us all as a way to stay in touch over far distances. Let's hear from them about how they started playing Townball. Well, hello, friends. So good to see you all. We've got Brent Townley here today, Zach Buckles, and Rylan Shub-Kegel. Shubby-Dooby. How are you all doing? I'm good. Excited to hear about everybody else's babies, you know? (laughs) (laughs) For those who just started listening, um, Brent and his wife recently had their firstborn child a few weeks ago, and Zach and Rylan had no idea there was even a baby in the first place. So... That's just sneaking funny. things in there, you know. Yeah, and then and then Zach's wife is they're they're expecting another, so it's baby time for everybody, I guess. And speaking of babies, Brent was the 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 uh, the the first of of the three here on the call today to <laughs> engage with Town Ball. And Brent, we're coming up on four years because as soon as I got involved with it, you were one of the very first people I contacted because I knew that. Brent is the kind of person who would get down with something crazy like this game. Do you remember what it was like for you to initially start playing summer of 2019? Well, if I go back, uh, I would say the the my first initial thoughts about Tom Ball were, oh, so it's like baseball, so I'm going to be terrible at it. Got it. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I, I had a short stint in... Uh, middle no it would have been even before middle school I would have been elementary school I had a short stint of playing uh, baseball in a little local league it wasn't actually a little league but it was a local league that we did and I stunk <laughs> and I, I and it was like our, our coach was not very good like not not a very nice guy uh, and so like and unless you weren't a good player already, he just didn't really invest any time into you. And so 
Um, I played outfield my entire time and was just left out there in my own whims. And maybe um, I got to bat a lot or at times, like the batting orders were really strange and weird. And so, yeah, baseball, I always loved watching baseball, but didn't really play much baseball. And so when I heard, oh, yeah, town ball, it's basically like baseball. I'll go and spend time with Grant. That sounds like a good idea. Then I remembered truly how much I actually love the game of baseball and how much I, w- I probably would have enjoyed playing had I had a good coach and had I had a good opportunity because I got into it and it was just so much fun. And in many ways, like the things that I love about baseball are amplified in the game of town ball. Um, and the things that I don't like about baseball are diminished quite a bit in town ball. And I, I think that that's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, like going all the way back, it was an immediate jumping in. It was immediately like, oh, this is a game I could play and have fun, even if I stunk. Um, I could still, I could still somehow get on base and somehow do something good for our team. Like that's kind of cool. Uh, whereas in baseball, if you can't hit, like, good luck. You, you, you are, you are no help to anyone uh, on offense. So um, yeah, I thought, I, th- I thought, like. Right off the bat, that was just like, oh, yeah, I can jump right into this. Right off the bat. Ah, ah you see what I did there. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, right after that summer of 2019, the fall before COVID, I started having games at George Fox's football practice field every Sunday that fall. And what's interesting with the timing of all this, too, Rylan, that's actually when we started hanging out more because I was taking a computer science class that semester. If you remember, I went to your dorm with and did a lot of coding with you and Trey that semester, and many cups of tea were drank. Those were the days. <laughs> those many were... impressions of Elmo were had. Oh my gosh, I forgot that, that night where we did all those voices. Oh, yes, there were many voices on that night, including this one. La 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 la, la 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 la, strike him out. I love Tomball! <laughs> Smeagol loves Tomball, precious. Oh, I do love getting on the Listen to me. Listen to King Julian. I am the best. I'm the best town ball player. Nobody touch the feet. Oh, guys, he's coming back down the hall. Shh. Anyway, um, that semester was really where my interest started to flourish with it as well. So, I, Brent, I think you're the first person I've I've talked to so far on these episodes that has basically gone back with it almost as far as I have almost down to the month. So in a lot of ways, the experiences were very similar, I think starting out because I too uh, played for a small kids league in the fifth and sixth grade. It was, it was actually a homeschool baseball league in the Willamette Valley. That's always fun to mention because it just kind of sounds a little wonky, but trust me, it was a great time. But Zach, I know you had a baseball background as well, but probably a slightly more extensive. How did that influence your introduction to town ball? I think you started playing, I think, a few months later, I think maybe right before COVID or maybe around that fall. I don't, do you remember when you started playing? Uh, okay. I cannot remember, but it was, I know that it was super convenient that you were having the games at the practice field because I lived literally two blocks away from that. Which also meant I had very little excuse for not showing up because it's like, I truly should just be walking there. I think at first I was a little bit turned off by Town Bowl because I had played baseball at a pretty competitive level all the way through high school. 
So there was a certain extent, like, ah, I don't know, like, what's going on here? These w- rules are weird. Like, it's very pickup, very hodgepodge. I was like, I don't know if I, I feel about that. So I think a little bit, but then I like just getting back and playing. I was like, oh, like, this is just the game that I love. And it's like, it's like the same principles apply. One thing that I loved about it is that it was just, it's just so much more accessible. Like, baseball has become extremely expensive to play. From like most 10 year olds to 18 year olds, the vast majority of kids are playing on select league teams that are thousands of dollars a year and it's super cost prohibitive. So, this was something that was just like in my backyard, which is how baseball developed in the first place, which is really cool. Literally um, in your backyard. Yeah, in my backyard which was the George Fox campus. I was a pitcher all the way through high school. So I love pitching. That's my absolute favorite part of baseball. And I love that town ball still maintains that aspect of pitching. I also, we all separately have friendships with Murray Noble, the Australian. And in getting to visit him one winter, I went to a cricket match. And Townball actually has a really weird blend between, I think, like cricket bowling and baseball pitching because you have a literal zone that you're trying to hit, much like you're trying to hit the wickets in cricket. So, like, I actually think like the townball aspects of pitching are super fun. You have a literal zone that you can hit. We don't need to have the debate about automatic umpires that the Major League Baseball Association <laughs> is having right now because that's right there. You either hit it or you did it. So. We don't even need StatCast to tell us whether it was a zone or not, which is really good. But to Brent's point, too, though, like, the game is so much more active. So while it maintains this, like, really fun pitcher-hitter dynamic, so much else is going on around that. Whereas in baseball, the Mariners game tonight, not a single team has a hit. So there's literally nothing happening. I cannot imagine being in that game right now because it'd be so boring. Whereas in town ball, there's constantly stuff happening and so much more interesting. So um, I was a fan of town ball pretty quickly. Yeah, I got into it. And Rylan, I I want to say your first game, I think, was literally maybe right before COVID. If not, it was later, like maybe fall of 2020. I can't remember. I think you came to one game and then boom, we you know, the pandemic hit or something like that. Do you remember when that started? I think it must have been, it was before the pandemic because I got married when the pandemic happened. So it was a little bit before that, but it wasn't my, it wasn't my freshman year. It was my sophomore year. So someone else can do the math on when, what year that was. Yeah, that was the, that was the year where COVID hit in the spring. Yeah. One thing that absolutely must be talked about is the fact that our official logo for the sport was made by none other than you. Yo. You, Every time I look at it, I'm just like, yes, that was so good. (laughs) Well, to give credit where credit's due, uh, a lot of the heavy lifting was already done by Daniel's brother, right? Uh, Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, so there was already a good base, but I just, like, took the raw clay and molded it into something that was a little closer to, like, professional, you know, logo material. It was it was nice to start with something where I didn't have to like do all the heavy brainstorming. I just did the analytical. Okay, this is not going to look good at this size, you know. Got to make sure that the orientation is right and all that kind of stuff. But it is very satisfying, I will say, to have it printed on the town balls and like having some of my own now is really really cool. 
Is this the one the one that I just put in the chat? Is that is that yep. correct? Nice. I, Rylan, I didn't know that you took part in that. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, Rylan, uh, I mean, he got a computer science degree, but he has a strong graphic design background as well. Very artistic. That's been a, one of the best, like, visual contributions. Like, something feels much more real when you actually have, like, a brand associated with it. Once we had that logo, Jones and I were like, oh my gosh, this feels even more real than it already is. So that that was a wonderful addition. One thing I, I, I kind of hit you guys up with earlier in the week as just a, a question to be thinking on before this is, how does Town Ball foster critical thinking in the player beyond just your basic level of required thinking to do well in, in the game? What does Town Ball require that's a little beyond that? This might be a hot take to start with, but uh, I think it doesn't. I think it it almost does the opposite, and that's why I love it. Because when you're playing something like baseball, it's so rigid and structured, and there's often rules that sort of conflict, so you have to create another rule on top of that. Whereas Town Ball, it's sort of stripped down to only what's necessary, and there's this really cool numerical foundation to it. But for me, there's so little complexity it's not as analytical in the way that some other sports are. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have strategy. And I'm sure the more I play it, you know, once I get back into it, then those strategies will develop. But my take is one of the reasons why it's so approachable and fun is because it doesn't have as many strict and rigid rules that make you think and overanalyze. From a critical thinking standpoint, one thing that the game really does do is it forces you to have to be in game mode at all times, unlike a lot of other sports where, okay, you've got a timeout. Okay, we can, I can turn things off for a second. I can rest. I can, I can not focus. Or in, even in baseball, in between innings, you've got in between moments of rest, like where you just got an out. Okay, we, we have a little bit of time. Or the guy gets on base. Okay, he's calling time. Okay, we have, a, we, have a, we have a moment where we don't have to think about him. We can leave him be. Whereas in town ball, you've got to be attentive to everything that is going on on the field. And if you've got multiple people on base, that's not easy. You're like, you're thinking about, okay, this guy could run at any time. He's free to run. He could go, he could start flying off into the outfield for all I know just like trying to bait me. So what, so what should I do? And so in a, in a way it forces you to have to think about multiple things under stress, under, under the weight that like being not paying attention for one moment can lead to the other team scoring or gloating for one moment. And before you know it, you've just wasted your your lead because your gloat led to another run and or someone getting on base so i mean it's just it's like it's a it's a form of critical thinking the idea of like thinking in stress like having to make quick decisions in stressful situations it's not exactly critical thinking but it kind of works in that vein i actually i you use the phrase paying attention which is often connected to the notion of mindfulness and being in the present moment. Sure. Have you all had the thing happen where Jones uh, is pitching and he says, hey, oh, could you move that bat? 
and then he just lobs one in and zones you because you like weren't paying attention. Yep, totally. That is the worst. That happened to me in my very first game, and I was like, "Oh, this is a <laughs> there's something different happening here." That was so much more crafty, and like it, I agree. Like it's Ryland, like it's so stripped down that it, I think it encourages the individual player to be really creative rather than the game itself imposing what you can and can't do as much, which I really like. But I think, yeah, I think part part of it, Brent, is like it, it encourages the practice of mindfulness of paying attention, because if you if you don't pay attention then you're going to get out or the runner's going to advance or so many things that can happen. So it's like, well, and, and like you said, you can't just take Jones for granted there. You got, you have to stop and be like, okay, okay. Now can't like, is he actually really asking me to pick up that bat? Or is this, this is, this is a game. Okay. I'm staying right here. Please tell me when that happens, Zach, someone said, well, that's town ball. Oh, <laughs> yes, for sure. That's one of the best. That's one of the best phrases. Oh, that's town ball. How much do you think that attentiveness actually makes a player in a town ball game better at disputes or in the game or better at sportsmanship in general because there's this general attentiveness that's required of them 100% of the time? That is a part of the game, actually, that I'm still trying to figure out myself. Um, disputes, because they do happen often in town ball there's a lot of times where someone who will experience a rule for the first time and get really frustrated and really angry because that's not how baseball works what are you talking about you can't do that or uh or they do get totally tricked and it just it makes them look really stupid and or you get the situations where there's literally a dispute over what actually happened um, and it's really hard to deal with those in town ball because, I mean, well, at, at least in, in the games I've played, we haven't had an umpire, right? We haven't had someone be able to make that final decision. Now, I, I know that in some of the leagues in which you guys actually played some professional or s- some serious games, there you, had, you actually had an umpire on location who was able to make some of those calls. But, like, that's the one area where trying like even when you're still like even when you're fully attentive and fully a part of the game like you'll have three or four people see something differently and trying to make that decision is very difficult in the game of tumble especially when it's such a game of trickery and like odds are there was a trick involved and one team is really trying to get you to believe the trick is like I, well, was he really out? I, I I don't know. Or is the ball really missing? I don't know. Like, did the ball literally go into the bushes and now we literally can't find it? Or is it in someone's hands and we're still pretending like it hasn't been found yet? Like, because <laughs> that has literally happened where we sat there. I'm pretty sure it was for about 15 minutes where the guy was just in the bushes looking for the ball. And as it turns out, the ball had been found 15 minutes ago. And... They were just trying to get this guy to leave the base. It was it was ridiculous. So I've seen both ends of that. Yeah, I, I also have not played with an umpire, and that definitely forces you to be a little more democratic about things than you know when you have someone that says, "Well, this is this is the way it went," which 
has been cool. Like, I'm curious to see what that would look like at a more intense competitive level. But at least in the games I've played, that just contributed to the flavor of Town Ball, you know, being so community oriented as opposed to like outcome of the game oriented. Yeah, how do how does all of that affect like the culture of the sport in general, where it doesn't feel like there's this invisible hand of the rules at, at play and there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts versus this almost you can de- almost debate your way into something and come out alive <laughs> in the end. How, how does that affect the culture of the sport in a way that's different than other mainstream sports? And is that almost countercultural? It doesn't necessarily require people to really be more truthful, but it certainly encourages it for the sake of the integrity of the game. Like, say I'm on defense and there's a close sliding play where I reach out and I try to tag someone. And I actually know that I didn't tag them, but I know that everybody else who's maybe behind me, it probably looked like I tagged them. And the runner like isn't even sure. And everybody else on my defense, it was like, oh yeah, Zach totally got him. Like we could tell. Like that's a situation where it's like, it's probably going to be my call potentially. Like, did I get him or did I not? And because there's no umpire and because the game in some ways is really encouraging craftiness, it's almost a little bit of a moral dilemma of like, what's the line between being crafty and outright lying? So I think in one respect, the openness of town ball does require, or it asks each individual player to hold on to their own integrity. They don't necessarily have to do that. And that's also their choice. So that's where it's a little bit more morally open and ambiguous in that regard. Well, and I think you'll get some trade-offs with town ball that you don't necessarily get with baseball in this circumstance. Cause like Grant, you had mentioned in one of your other questions about gloating, right. And the effect of gloating in, is it actually helpful and effective in one way town ball kind of shuts that down in that, like you always have to be attentive. Right. And so if you, if you're like gloating or making fun or uh, like totally um, living it up in your own glory, I mean, anything can happen in that moment. Also, as Zach was saying, though, in town ball, there are those moments that you can take advantage of and kind of twist the rules to your advantage because they're vague. Right. But with that open environment, it allows for the the player to both take advantage of the moment um, and kind of, as Zach had mentioned, cheat in a sense, because I mean, no one else saw that I didn't tag him. So I can say that I tagged him, but also that free environment makes it to where you have to be attentive. So then you can say, no, 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 no. He definitely did not tag me. I clearly know. And if everyone is paying attention, you are often able to see those things. But you're left with moments, as Zach said. So, I mean, it's an interesting trade-off. Because you get that freedom, there's more opportunities for creative play, but also more opportunities to bend the rules. Because what are the rules? I mean, we can get creative with those. Thankfully, there are clear set rules online on, on the website that are actually really helpful. Most of the players, though, don't actually know a lot of them. All we really often tell people when they come is like, there are two, what's the, what's the 
it's I, I'm forgetting what the two rules are. It's like there's two rules in this game. The first one is there are no rules, and the second one is I can't remember, but it was like don't get something out. like that. Yeah, and, yeah, and don't get out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, it's yeah, it it's a trade off. It's a trade off that I guess I'm willing to take. Uh, the the potential for someone to take advantage of that, but that's also just unsportsmanlike. So I mean, someone gets a, someone does that for a while, and you start to notice, and it's like, wait, they're definitely taking advantage of this. The nice thing about tumble is it is a community game, right? And so that isn't going to be taken well very long. And it's not like it's one thing if this were like a more official. I think that would probably change as things get more official. Right, if there was actually a league that was formed and you have teams that are kind of regular, can kind of take advantage of the rules if they want to, it could get a little messy. Which is why I'm sure baseball ended up the way that it is, where the rules are so stringent, so clear, and often quite ridiculous. But you have to do that when there's so much money and attention built into it. Yeah, like a pitch clock, anyone. <laughs> But to your point, Brent, I think coming back to Grant's question about it being countercultural, it's very counter sports culture, where particularly in soccer, for example, but baseball as well, you know, football, you name it, because they're so clear on the rules and the umpires or referees are the ones that are calling the shots. It's a game to see what you can get away with. How bad is the injury you're faking in soccer? You know, how, how close can you get to that foul? Because if you don't make it, like, well, it's on the umpire. It's not on you for misrepresenting the situation. It's on the umpire for making the bad call or the referee for making the bad call. So I think it's countercultural in that way. Yeah, like, is it even possible to flop in town ball? I don't know if you can. I mean, you can, you can flop to, like, pretend. I. I... Oh, okay. Well, like, I could imagine a situation where you say you got a runner on fourth and then another runner on second and he's running to third and then he flops and like fakes an injury to like and falls down and maybe acts like he twisted his ankle. The defense is like, oh man, oh, and then, you know, your runner on a runner at the other bag sneaks home. So I can imagine that. But that again is like more cunning and trickery. Like there's not really any. Without an umpire, like there's no penalties being given out. Like there's not really a, such a thing as like a dirty play or like a dirty tag. Because the ball is always in play, and if you're not touching a stake and you're not in the batter's box, you are bait on a hook if you get hit with the ball. So like, yeah, if you flop, you're flopping for somebody else. You can't you can't even flop for yourself. Right. So I it, think this is where it's a charitable flop. <laughs> I mean, this is where baseball, though, is similar. And, like, I can't – it's hard to think of a circumstance in which there'd be a flop in baseball either. There are some fun YouTube compilations of people faking like they got hit by a pitch. That's true. Um, which, which yeah, that you, you can't do that in town ball. You get hit by yeah. the pitch, so be it. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you shouldn't have gotten hit then. <laughs> yeah, move, move out of the way. But then, well, I can't move out of the way because if I move out of the way, I'm out of the box. Exactly. <laughs> In, in any of these ways we've been, been talking about so far with the blurry line between being sportsmanlike and, and, and crafty, you know, ethical craftiness, if you will, how does Town Ball allow for you to be a charitable player? What freedoms are available to you that you can employ? 
I think when thinking about charity, the first thing I thought of, like, like Brent pointed out, like Town Ball is a community game. And in some ways, again, this is like kind of countercultural. Like to purely have a pickup game of a casual sport requires, I would say, like some aspect of like a death to self. Like that's very different than me going out and like paying a couple thousand dollars to get on some really big sports team so I could be the star player and I can get all this like acclaim from my local community, whatever. Like to show up to town ball, it's like I'm taking part in something that's bigger than myself that requires me to not put my own needs above anybody else's needs because there's turn taking and there's a team element. So even like this, before you even actually start playing the game, just the very structure of it and how it tends to be played in these very casual pickup fashion, like that, that as that alone, like I think actually contributes and encourages some aspects of charity. I think also what helps too is every out counts. You only have one out per inning. So that means every single person who comes up to bat matters. And that's a huge thing with this style of game because, man, how easy is it to spend time and be like, oh, here comes Joey. Oh, Joey. Joey's going to Joey's gonna get an out. Bummer. At least he's the first guy. So we can just put him out there first. And if he gets out there first and Joey's out, so what? We have the next two and they're fine. But, like, in the game of town ball, you can't do that. Joey is an important part of your team. And Joey's going to have to somehow add to the game. So how are you going to do that? Well, can we get him on base? All he has to do is make sure the ball doesn't hit the zone. Okay, we can get him to that point. Then he can just get to first base. And, and, and if he can get to first base, we can get someone up there who can just start hitting balls all over the place. And immediately Joey can have a blast because even though he can't hit the ball for nothing – he can still score his team points. Um, and that, like, I loved that because uh, we we had numerous games where, I mean, the, the the some of the players we had that would come were just not, they, they, they didn't really have the ability to to play athletics well. Like, they, they didn't have that athleticness to them, but they still loved coming every time because they knew that they could participate and do something and add it to the game, which opens it up so much more. Um, like when Daniel Jones like talks about how he just wants to get everyone out there to play, he can do that because everyone can get out there and play. Like my parents came out to play a game and they had a ton of fun. And if it, if it weren't for the fact that my dad had, had bad knees at the time, like he would have come again. Like it was fun. But so, he got on base. Yes. I and remember he did that. Get on base. So, I mean, it's just, it's things like that, like, and having the opportunity where it doesn't feel like you can't have um, uh, both men and women play together. Like that's totally, that's totally doable in a town ball game. And you don't really feel like you're going to have, be at a terrible disadvantage because of that. Like it's, it's, it's a nicely set up sport charity wise in that way, because you feel like you can do something uh, even if you can't swing the bat. <laughs> Like seeing seeing people get up there and just hold the bat in front of the zone, and you're just like, in baseball, people will be like, easy out, easy out. And it's, this is not an easy out, actually. Like, 
for all you know, that person is a regular on-base person because they just all they have to do is get the ball just a little bit ahead, and they can get on to first base, and they're good to go. Or the pitcher throws it past the zone, and you're good to go. Yeah, I, th- I think there's actually two thoughts that I have. Number one is related to the actual rules of town ball, and it's just piggybacking off of what Brent said. The fact that you can have someone that's not a strong hitter get on base and have a good time running and you can have someone who's a strong hitter maybe they don't run as well maybe they do but they're forced to like sit in the zone you know in the batter's box and just keep hitting balls in order to put this person around and so that has to be you know that's that can be frustrating for some people i'm sure but that's like a way in which it the rules require teamwork but in the culture that you know i was exposed to getting introduced to this it the game of town ball is very evangelistic in nature. The fact that you have Daniel Jones just hollering people over from the sidewalk, you know, like, hey, you want to play? And they have no idea what the game is. And no one knows what the rules are. Like half the people who play don't know what the rules are. But you really want people to keep coming back because it's growing and you have to get people interested and invested. So in that sense, the culture that I grew up in was just so focused on like, being nice and being welcoming and showing people that it's interesting. And that requires a little more charity than an average pickup sport that you would have. Okay. This is the other thing. And I think Rylan, you, you, you hit on it with uh, you, you had kind of mentioned it actually just barely the fact that like you have to sit in that batter's box and hit multiple times often. And a lot of that too, is at play, like you can't be the hero going up there and hitting the home run and getting everyone off base. Because there, like, rarely are there home runs, and I actually I think there are none. It's just it's ground rule triples. Is that what it is? Yeah, but you could have an infield home run that just takes forever to get back in, which would have to be such a strong hit. So it has to be an infield home run because the field is kind of endless, so to speak, unless there's a boundary marked, and then it's a ground rule triple. Got it. So yeah, like it in that way, you can't be. Um, you can't be the the hero that comes up and hits the home run and one and done. You have to craft your way around the bases. And that has to be a teamwork game, usually. <laughs> Unless you've got some crazy person who's willing to try some crazy antics. Like, it takes a long time to get around those bases. And with one out, that's a long ways to go. Yeah, you can't really distill town ball into a set list of essential competencies because there is so much variability. One of Ethan's favorite aspects of the game is more so the strategy side on the offense when they're deciding who should they put up to bat with the batting order because you can shuffle it every time. And either team in every second of the game is trying to kind of mess with the other team's head. Because the most common pattern is you put your base runners up first and then follow up with your hitters to bat them around. What if you, you know, flip that on its head this time? Nope, we're putting this person up. And then because then it because then the defense has to shift on the fly and it and it's so just on the, the spot thinking. Which after just describing that, I, I would juxtapose that with a quote I actually have from you at uh, Brent from a phone call we had a long time ago. You once said that uh, town ball is if golf was a team sport. I don't. I don't know if you remember what you meant by that. I don't even. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? 
What did I mean? Well, like, the, the like in terms of the like, it's hard to be like dishonest in golf. I think, and that was kind of what maybe you were getting at. I don't know. I guess we'll never know what that means. Well, maybe I'll have to think about it. Like, what did I mean? It's like golf is is if golf were a team sport. I probably meant something important. I don't know. Was, <laughs> I don't know. That was in Brent's rock and roll days. It was actually an interview with Rolling Stone. He just said something <laughs> off the top. You didn't. You didn't really know what it meant. Be like, wow, that guy's really cool. He knows uh, what he's yeah. About. Yeah, who knows what I was on? You know, just yeah. I I keep these notes. I'm keeping these next to me because you and I had a long phone call about a, a lot of these same we did, things yep. about a, I think a year or so ago. Another thing, back to the whole idea of the line between the craftiness and the the honesty and the you know putting others before yourself. The game is designed in such a way that it's kind of inbred with its own rationality. Like if you start to test the limits of the game, the spirit of the game can start to be compromised. And that's what you were getting at earlier, Brent, where it's like people can only let that go for so long before it's just not fun anymore because the fun aspect really trumps everything else in the game for, for, for everybody because the rules allow for that. Um, and so in that way, Town Ball encourages players to maybe not be a stickler about certain things all the time. So how does the structure, there's a simultaneous structure and freedom at the same time in the game. Would you guys say it's more one or the other, or is this, is it kind of this like almost yin yang happening in concert with each other with the structure and the freedom? If I were to put my therapist hat on, this feels like a weird way to answer this. But if I had someone come to me and just like, hey, like I really struggle with being overly rigid in my life. And maybe I'm overly rigid in my relationships and about the ways that things feel like they need to be, should be. I, I, I could potentially say, hey, go play town ball and try not to worry about the rules as much as possible. Okay. I love but I that. Also, I that's also advice some- from a therapist is to go play town ball. <laughs> It could be a potential route to really explore, like, go with the flow. Don't worry about it It, because it's going to be crazy out there. But you could also take someone who says, like, I really struggle with being disciplined and I really struggle with applying kind of like a a rule to my life. And, like, I I say that I want to do things and I struggle to get them done. It's like, okay, go play town ball and really try to be a stickler to those rules, like, Hold to those rules because they're going to try to run away from you. And like, no, you got to keep people in mind. So like, I, it's just a funny thought experiment, but I think like town ball offers like in its flexibility, like potential, like personality growth for a whole gambit of personality types, people who are tend to be more rigid to people who are more go with flow, but it can like, it can encourage both of those people to be trying to interact and get along together. So that's where my brain went. I don't know. Zach, I cannot wait to see on the internet someone being like weird things my my therapist has told me and one of them being like when life's troubles come just say that's town ball (laughs) wow that's really good i i could i could start doing that but then but they would only make sense if i got them to start playing town ball so i guess we need we need uh we need this to get bigger before it becomes relevant it's like they come into your office dr buckles i just got friend zoned and you're like you know what's worse than getting friend zoned? Getting zoned. <laughs> oh my god. 
I do have to say, I did just remember the connection, and it's not that great, <laughs> but I did remember. Um, so golf, tomball is like if golf were a team sport because of the course, because of the field. Everywhere you play this, you have a different field and you have a different environment, I think was the, was the idea for that quote. So it was like, I mean, I've played town ball on pavement. I've played town ball in a field. I've played town ball in the mud. Um, I've, I've played town ball in a parking lot, in a, in a parking lot with curbs, like intermixed in between that felt terribly unsafe, but Hey, that's town ball. Like you just, you just live with it. Um, with fences, without fences, with trees literally in the middle of play um, that you could that you have to hit around or hit into as an advantage. Like town ball is kind of a golf course in a sense every time you play because it is different with the field and the fact that there isn't kind of a set clear field is fun um, as long as you have the space for the for the bases and there's like a clear running space for the bases. You're good to go. Like, sure, have the tree stuck randomly in the middle of the field. So be it. Like, that's a part of the game. Um, and like, just like the golfer can't get angry about the tree in his way, it's like that's just the field. It's the same way with town ball. But like with most other sports, I mean, the field is pretty clearly delineated. Baseball does allow for some creative alterations as to like the size of the field and what ends up being home runs but that's really it like you can't have a tree in the field that's just not going to happen you can't have a weird fence hanging out or uh curb bumps like that's not going to be allowed there's definitely there's so much to be said about town ball as a like true game of the people which fosters civil discourse and connection and flexibility and it's accessible um like it truly like literally anybody who walks back walks past could come play contribute and be a part of that team which is basically a facet of neighborliness like there's a there's a lot about town ball that's just so beautiful because it's so flexible it's like no we don't need a set designated field no we don't need foul poles we don't need an outfield fence we don't need a football field. We don't need goals. We got all the stuff on the back of someone's van and we're ready to go. That's such a valuable asset in a game to have. I also think that's why, in a way, it naturally gravitates itself towards being a community sport. And why I also don't think it would really translate well as like a big name sport. I think it really, really, really does well in the in the community environment and is probably the better game in that environment than baseball would be. But when it comes to being a moneymaker or the, the ability to make it highly viewable for lots of people, like it doesn't really foster that well, but that's kind of to its benefit because you get to have that community building. I mean, the game naturally goes on for a really long time and there's a, so many quick changes i mean people who are observing the game i've noticed it's not nearly as much fun to watch but like when you're playing you're all in because like you're just like you're up you're up you're down you're up you're down you're doing all kinds of things but like as a as a spectator you're like well that was short 
nothing happened. Why, why are we switching again? Like what is going on? So, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't have, it doesn't ring like big name pro sports, but I like that about the game. And that's, um, oh, that's so good, Brent, because that's like precisely what we need. We don't need more spectator sports. It's like, if people really like town ball, like, Oh man, can I watch town ball? It's like, no wrong question. Like, can play. I play town ball? Like, yeah, just go show up and go play it. And that's what baseball used to be. Like, people would, like, get off work and go play a pickup game. And now it's like you get off work and you go watch a game. So there's, like, this massive skill gap that makes it inaccessible to people. But it's like, no, like, just get out there and play. Are there that still no hits in the Mariners game? Right now? The Mariners game going right now? There's yeah. Are there, are there still no hits? Is, is it still boring? This will be a fun <laughs> artifact of this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> a couple months from now. Uh, but on this game on May 2nd, it's now tied 1-1 to in the 8th inning. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Something happened. I want to talk about like favorite memories from games that you guys have um, from any time that you remember. Rylan, do you have any highlights that come to your mind immediately when you think of your experience playing town ball? Literally any time someone says, that's town ball. <laughs> Because it usually happens after some kind of a gotcha moment or some other thing. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly like you. One of the fun things about the sport is I was not handed a rule book and said, okay, look at the rules, make sure you understand them. Let us know if you have questions. No, no, that is not how Temple works. You show up, <laughs> they hand you a bat, and then you get out, and they're like, maybe okay, you swing. <laughs> learn rule number one if they hit the zone you're out you know and so you learn it by experience and i mean think about any board game that was really interesting and it had enough rules to engage you for a long period of time you did not learn those by sitting down and reading the rules you learned those by playing the game with other people you know and it was the same thing for me with town ball so it's sort of that twofold like it's hilarious when someone new comes and they don't realize they just you know, they can be hit by someone throwing the town ball, you know, like little things like that. But it's also that you're learning by experiencing, which is way, way more fun to pick up a new sport. Zach, do you have any particular favorite memories that come to mind from playing? Um, I'm really just, this is not like a one single moment in time, but like, because Jones is a teacher and he would just bring along students it just created a venue in which I was like playing a pickup sport with a really wide age range of people like 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds out there. You got college students out there. You got maybe have parents out there or teachers, people in their thirties, forties. And I think that again, is just like talk about neighborliness. Like we often don't get a whole lot of venue of interacting in friendship with people who aren't in a really tight age bracket of our own. So I think that is super cool. I'm trying to think about favorite memories. I mean, getting zoned by a Daniel Jones trick, um, probably like my first at-bat ever, just really, I mean, that really set the tone for what we were dealing with. But that's a pretty good memory for sure. I already kind of mentioned mine. Um, It's like simultaneously a favorite memory, but also like some of the most ridiculous 15 minutes of my life where we're sitting there and the ball has disappeared in the bushes and it's just, it's, it's a total cat and mouse game at this point. Like, does he have the ball? I don't know if he has the ball. Like 
Jones has got to have the ball, but like there's still a guy who's literally in the bushes with his head in the dirt, in the dirt, like digging under the bush, fully committing for like a solid 10 minutes of like, guys, I cannot find this ball. We are seriously like, we're seriously, the game is over. We can't find the ball. And, but no one's moving and no one's leaving any bases because we don't really know. And in the end, he did have the ball and they finally gave up 15 minutes in and made the next pitch. And it was a zone and it ended that inning and we moved on. Like, it's just, but like you, you get those weird, strange interludes. And I mean, as, 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 as much as it drove me crazy in the moment, like also that's what the game allows for. And like, you get these weird, wild moments you would get in no other sport where, yeah, you can just have a 15 minute interlude of I lost the ball and it's actual entertainment and fun and ridiculous. I think that just triggered a more specific memory of when we were playing at the George Fox practice field. And I remember Jones got on base, stole second, and we're like, okay, he stole second, it's fine. And then next thing I know, he just takes off running into the outfield. And I was like, where, where is he going? What, what is he doing? We're still playing. And I just had no idea that like, that was a great strategy. And I'm sure they ended up scoring a decent amount, but that was such a funny moment of utter disbelief that he was running into the outfield. Yeah. Or picking up, like starting to run, but you've got the stick behind your back, like the base you've got stuck behind your back. And so people start chasing after you, but you're like, what are you doing? I got the stick right here. I'm still on yeah. base. <laughs> <laughs> or like you're trying to find the hole to put the base back, but you can't quite, <laughs> can't quite find it. There's a new strategy I've been doing recently when I'm at bat. After the first pitch, I'll take a couple steps out of the box and wait for the windup. You know, so it's a wide open zone ready for the pitcher to just throw it down the middle if they want to. And I'm not there to get in the way of their windup or anything that's, you know, dead center. So I do that in hopes that they will throw it down the middle, in which case I will then run back into the box and then hit wherever they're throwing it and just chop it hammer it from the side or whatever. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but when it does, it's pretty good. So that, that's been my new way to like get in the pitcher's head recently. Yeah. But what, what do they call that, that swing in, um, in golf where it's like you run up to the ball and you swing and you hit it. What's that called again? I forget. Oh man. There's this, it's happy Gilmore. Yes. The happy Gilmore. It, you have like the happy Gilmore of town ball right there. You just yeah. you step out of the zone, you, they throw and you jump in and hit it. Yeah. In the, in the vintage baseball community, everybody has a nickname. I kind of gave mine to myself, but I said that mine was Kermit because I hit like a frog. You hop in. <laughs> I hop in and I hop out. What are you guys excited about for Town Ball in the future? Um, Brent and Zach, I know you guys are moving back to the Newburgh area and Town Ball will still be going on there, led by like, Tristan, most notably because Jones, I don't know if you guys know, but Jones got a teaching. Zach, he did get that teaching job um, in Idaho, and they'll, they'll be moving yeah, out yeah. there. So Tristan's kind of the, the point of contact there now. But what are you guys looking forward to in the future? This podcast has been an awesome way for me to learn about what's happening in Brent's life and realizing, one, <laughs> one he has a baby. Which I didn't even know was like pregnant, <laughs> and then two, he's moving back to Newburgh, which we 
Yes, no, like, we all left at the same time, pretty much, and now, yeah, the Bedsoles, the Townleys, and the Buckles are all returning, so it's kind of fun. Well, that's wild. Um, Anyways, honestly, just, I would love to be able to play again, I guess I haven't played in a while, so I think just going to a game, that's, I think that's, that's gotta be where I start, is just being able to zone someone and say, that's town ball. Yeah, I'm excited to just jump back into it because being in Wenatchee, being so far away from it for a while was hard. Um, I had my I had my mitt sitting in the back of my sitting in the trunk of my vehicle all year, just not being used. Going, oh man, it's right there. Every time I open my trunk, there it is. Like, oh man, I have two of them now. I literally bought one because I forgot one when I was going to a town ball game. I was like, I gotta have one because, man, I just. I've played games without mitts now, and I, man, I just, I, I, I need one, so I now have two. But, um, yeah, so it's just getting excited to jump back in, and Joan's already trying to pull me in to be a part of the Quakers team, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I'm excited. It's it's fun to have an opportunity to play again, because being away from it for so long, not my cup of tea. I have been slowly plotting on how I'm going to introduce a new group of people to Town Ball up here. And I, I've got a few people interested, but I am so excited to be on the other side of introducing the sport. Not being introduced to it, but like knowing the rules and knowing the moments that people are going to be like, what, that was a rule? Or expecting there to be a rule? No, that's not a rule. I'm looking forward to that. Those moments of satisfaction. <laughs> you have to briefly tell that story about how you, know, you were playing a pickup baseball game and you hit the ball and you oh. didn't run. Yes, it was it was the worst. There's a group from church playing softball, and I played baseball from t-ball through the end of middle school, and I know it back and forth. Played town ball for a couple years, and I show up at this game. And, you know, the fun part is they don't know me well, so they didn't know I was I was decent at, at playing like baseball, softball. So I start hitting and I I'm like hitting well, I, you know, I can run the bases, but I get up to bat maybe two or three times in and I do a hit and it's like a decent enough ground that I might be able to tie the run and get on base. But in town ball, you're like, I'm not going to take that chance. So I literally sit in the batter's box <laughs> and they throw me out. And then the moment it, it, you know, it pops in the first baseman's glove. I just, this is not town ball. This is, this is softball. You have to run when you hit the ball. <laughs> and the worst here, the worst part is nobody knows town ball. So I can't just go up to someone and be like, I, uh, I'm so used to playing town ball, you know, like you hit it and you don't run. <laughs> That sounds like a fake sport, you know? I'm not, I would just be making stuff up at that point. So I just had to walk, walk back to the dugout and literally tell my, <laughs> tell my friends, yeah, I forgot to run. <laughs> but there was absolutely no reason for forgetting to run. <sighs> so, <clears throat> anyways, that was, that was a little embarrassing to say the least. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have to start a new board. How Town Ball ruined my life. 
Yeah, you, you, you have to write this book, Ryan. This is how Tom Ball ruined my life. Yeah. Chapter one, the fateful yeah. day at softball. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for telling stories and commenting on the game that, you know, that this is quite the payoff for me <laughs> because all of you came to this because I, you're my friends and now you love it. And it's just, it's a great feeling. Uh, but again, back to the community thing you know we'll probably be playing this for the rest of our lives even when we're old and cranky i hope you all have a good rest of your evenings it's so good to see all you guys yeah. it's great to see you all yeah and i guess zach i'll be seeing more of you yeah sounds good we'll have to reconnect once we're both back yeah sounds like you have a lot to talk about <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, cool. we'll keep in touch bye, bye. guys Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. If you want to learn more about the sport, you can visit our website at 21ctownball.com or look at our content on Instagram under the page at 21ctownball. If you're interested in playing the game or creating your own town ball team, you can DM us on social media or email us directly at 21ctownball at gmail.com, and we would be happy to start a conversation with you. I'm your host, Grant Moore, and this is the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. Is there a ball in your town?